Welcome back to the Two Fish Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Aaron. And this week, we're looking at the thought process. My friend just got baptized. Now what? That's right. Welcome to our post-Easter episode. So Easter was about a month ago. Um, Hopefully you had a great family celebration with that, maybe uh, a great celebration at church. I know my church typically does baptisms on Sundays, um, so it is a a celebration process. The preacher gives a short sermon, and then it's uh, worship and baptisms, and um, it's usually a really good time. Yeah, our the church that we went to on Easter, um, the teaching pastor's name is Tim. Uh, man, he brought a fire message and brought the gospel. We talked about sin, the ways that we cover up sin, the ways that we don't deal with sin, but the way we should deal with it is we should allow the blood of Christ to cover and remove that sin. And that's really the only way we get rid of sin is by believing in the power of of the gospel. And he just brought a fire message. And through that conversation we were having um, and other conversations, we kind of led to this thought process of, you know, Easter is one of those holidays, Easter and Christmas, I would say, that non-believers tend to somehow make their way into church. Right. And it's a good couple of, not that we shouldn't do it every week even, but it's a good couple of weeks that the pastor can say, hey, let me try to help the Holy Spirit here in conviction and get you to become that the blood of Christ can do that for us. And so you typically will have people, new people come to salvation, which is amazing, but they're still sinful people just like all of us. Oh yeah. And so now that your friend, or even you, if you're listening, you randomly came across this podcast and it's you. Hey, you know what? I believe in Jesus. I believe in the gospel. I'm ready to move forward and start to become a Christ follower. But what next? Yeah. What does what does that look like? Um, Nick's church did something totally different than mine, and we practice open baptisms, and this thought process for me came in when I saw a guy get baptized by two of his friends that have been walking with him for a number of years. He'd been a believer, but he's kind of on that fence, and um, his testimony was, I'm, I'm done on the fence, and that's why I'm getting baptized, but we don't most of us don't experience that immediate change. Mm. And like you're describing, we don't recognize that the blood of Christ covers our sin. But how do I, as a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ, display that to you? And what does that look like in the Bible? And yeah, and where where can we turn to, to to find these kind of things? Yeah, and I think right off of the bat, you and I agree— However, there are definitely questions in this conversation that we've raised to each other like, yeah, I agree with you, but what about this? Yeah. And so we'll kind of work through those here as we go. So I think one of the one of the places you can go is Ephesians 4. The book of Ephesians is great, but the um, chapter 4, the heading on mine is Unity and Maturity in the Blood of Christ. And then the second heading in that chapter for me is Instructions for Christian Living. Um, so I think this is a great chapter you can go through and you can kind of kind of pull some some different things out of there and then you could go to verse five or chapter five and and dive into the armor of God if you wanted. Uh, the first one I'm gonna go to here is Ephesians 4:25. so I'm kind of I'm jumping pretty far down there, but 
Um, therefore, lie, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So if you're walking with your brother and he's a new believer, right, you can't, can't go to him with falsehoods and, and not speaking truth. Like what's going to bring him to Christ and help him grow in Christ is, is speaking the truth. And the truth is the word of God. So if you, if he's living in sin, uh, the easy one for me to use alcohol, if he's an alcoholic, but he, he's coming to Christ and he hasn't completely laid that down. Um, you got to go to him with truth, but you got to go to him in a gentle way. Like, I don't think you can go to that brother and just be very bold and blunt and say, you're an alcoholic, you just accepted Christ, you need to get rid of that or you're going to hell. I, I agree. The 25 that you started, it says, therefore, having put away falsehood. And I think the therefore, okay, what is the therefore? Let's back up real fast. And I think this will help give us a little context here. Verse 17 now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do. Now Gentiles were not the Jews. They were the quote unquote sinful people. They were not of God's chosen people. In the futility of their minds, verse 18, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their harsh hardness of God. And it continues on to talk about you know their sensuality and greed and stuff like that. Verse 20, but that is not the way you learn in Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So he's saying my title there was new life. So we've come to Christ and now we have this decision. We can live for ourselves or we can live in this new life of Christ. We can accept this new life of Christ, which is what we're called to do. But we're not going to, like you said, I like the way you said that, we're not going to snap our fingers and all of a sudden, all our addictions are gone. All of this are gone. All of that are gone. And we are all of a sudden Christ-like. Yeah, That doesn't happen to 99% of people. Right. Maybe there's a section in their life where God says, I'm going to move in this way and I'm going to show myself and you're going to be a testimony in this. We have a friend, alcoholism, boom, done. Yeah. That's an incredible story. And he has used that as a witness. But for most of us, we're going to actively pick up our cross, the Bible says, and turn away from ourselves. And that's where that, that, that thing coming in as that you said, the, the falsehood, the speaking truth into one another, whether they're a new believer or not, or just you know living something that's in a sin, I think there's a conversation there of how we do that, how we reach out and walk together with people. Is sin, sin, 100%. Sin needs to be called out. How are we calling it out? Are we saying, like you said, you're going to hell? Right. Or are we walking alongside them and saying, hey, let's read this together? Yeah. No, I like I like that verse 21. Mine reads, when you heard about Christ, so somebody told you about him. So are you telling the people that you're interacting with and trying to build a relationship with, are you telling them about Christ or are you just telling them about life? Like, what What are you sharing? Are you sharing Christ or are you just sharing the world? And then it goes on to say, and we're taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So once again, that's the, the truth of Christ and what he did and how his blood covers your sin. 
as you're walking with somebody, like, is that what you're sharing or are you just sharing your experiences? Their experience is not going to be your experience. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, once again. Um, but they can experience Christ. We all can experience that. But if that's not what you're sharing, that's not what they're going to learn. So I think that is a huge part of any of our friend relationships, uh, rather if it be with a non-believer or a believer or somebody on the fence, like our conversations need to involve Christ somewhere along the line. If you're, I guess one of the most convicting things I heard, and I was just telling Nick before we were recording this, was if it was a non-believer saying to a believer, if if you really believe in this and and you think I'm going to hell because I, I don't have Christ in my life, but you have not shared Christ with me in any form or manner, is that on me or is that on you? Mm, that is convicting. And, and I think that's a part of walking with somebody um, wherever they're at in this walk. Yeah. I think we as Christians, I'm going to call us all out here, have done a bad job in history of saying, look at you, you sinner. You're an adulteress. You're addicted to this. You're addicted to that. Look at your sin. Look at your sin. Look at your sin. That's not very appealing. No. Versus... Jesus saying, hey, come to me. Look at me first. And I think as that person who said, hey, you're, you've are you never come and shared the gospel with me. You've never done this. I think sometimes all we want to do is point out the bad in people. Oh, my gosh. You can look at politics, which we're not going to go down there tonight. But all we want to do is point fingers at the other person and say, you're doing it wrong. But then if we're asked, well, how would you do it? We don't have an answer. We just know what we're against. We don't know what we're for. Yeah. We just know what we're against. Right. And it's you. And it's you. And it's you. I'm right. Well, what's your stance on it? Well, I don't have my stance, but I heard it on TV. You know what I mean? Like, if all we're doing is pointing fingers and saying, you're doing this wrong, you're living in sin, this person might not even know what sin is. Yeah. Well, explain to me what sin is. Help me to be. And that's where the Holy Spirit works. Because if I said, hey, you know what? Man, you're drinking a lot. Even if it's non believer. And you're drinking a lot. Like that's the whole, that gives the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to come in and start to the conviction process of that stuff. Even yeah. for a believer who says, you know, maybe they're new, maybe they're not, but have never been convicted on that. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit pops in and says, Hey, we need to get this under control because we've, cr- we're crossing a line here. Yeah. I think one of the things we got to, we got to remember is that it's not us that change our sin. But it is the Holy Spirit that comes in yeah. and changes the sin in our life. And like Nick said earlier, that that could be deliverance from something. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that was the only sin in your life. Yeah. God used that one to grab you and shake you and say, I'm here. I'm real. You're no longer going to struggle with this, but I'm not going to deliver you from all your sins. Yeah. You still have work to do. Yeah. And I think that's where the lie and the thought process and maybe pushback's not the right word, but then how long do we allow either ourselves or a brother or sister, how long do, do we allow them and watch them live in certain sins 
before we say, hey, you've been a believer for a little while now. We need to look at these things. Or How long is it acceptable? And I don't have an answer. I do not have an oh, answer because no. I don't know. It's just one of those conversations that, let's say, devil's advocate kind of thing. How long should we allow our brother or sister beside us? Or how long should our brother or sister allow us to see the sin in our lives and say, hey, man, we, I think, I think we need to address this. Drinking, that was one that we just talked about. Drinking in itself, I'm not going to say it's a sin. But getting drunk is clearly a sin in the Bible. Drunkenness is a sin. Are we going to be tempted with that? Are we going to screw up? Absolutely. There's going to be times in our lives where we sin. Now, that's where the grace and the blood of God allows. It's not a free card, but yeah. that's where that covering is. But that doesn't mean we should say, hey, I can do whatever I want. Right. We need to strive better. Like, I can't outsend God's grace. <laughs> we've we've <laughs> harped on that all the time. But I like a couple months ago when Dan was in here, he called it the cheap grace. Yeah. That that That's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. No. I And I think there there is that point where you got – you. You have to have that relationship with the person. Not only do you have to have the relationship with the person, but you yourself need to have a relationship with Christ. You can't call your brother out if your relationship with Christ isn't in good standing mm-hmm. because you're not doing it in the Holy Spirit then. You're not you're not approaching your brother or sister in reverence of God. I'm looking still in Ephesians and I'm kind of just glancing ahead, and chapter 5 is one of those hot topic items, push-button items in modern society. Just verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is something we're called to do. Move on to 22, wives, submit to your husbands. How many women just listened to that and went, you know what I mean? Like That is something we don't want to do. Right, Husbands, you don't get a pass on this. Chapter, verse 25, husbands, love your wives as love Christ loved the church. I think I can raise my hand as well as most men listening to this. We are not great at that. No. we we de- Okay. We definitely don't do it like it's laid out here, like Christ loved the church. Right. You know, there's probably no one listening that does that. But we fall so short of that. At what point in our Christian walk or our friend's Christian walk can we begin to gently – not harshly, but gently come alongside someone and say, man, I saw the way you treated your wife. Let's look at this scripture and talk about this because I think that this is one of those areas that we can, yeah. we can, we can work yeah. on together. Same thing with wives. Hey, I saw the way you treated your husband in public out there. I think that wasn't the right way to do that. Let's dive into this. Let's study this together and work together rather than say, hey, you yelled at your wife in public. You're, that's a sin. You're going to hell. You know yeah. the, the difference there. No, it's, it's having that relationship and, and caring enough about your friend's marriage and that example to, to pull your friend aside and say, I don't think you're, you're getting it right. Like you, your anger is overboard and you can go to James and tells you your anger sucks. Like it's not good. And to hold your tongue and James is a great, yeah. Great book for that. But once again, as men, I would say we really got to work on our relationship and and be willing to share our struggles too. Mm. Sometimes we're unwilling to share our own struggles. So therefore it makes it hard to approach 
would make it hard for me to approach Nick and say, hey, Nick, I see the way you're acting over here and not in agreement with it. Yeah. And he's like, well, whatever. I see the way you're acting, but you don't. If we're not willing to work mm-hmm. on it with each other, then it's going to be hard to build this relationship and, and build ourselves in Christ. Yeah. Um, one of the things you brought up took me to Matthew 18, verse 21 to 22. It says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. But basically, Jesus was saying, you keep forgiving. Yeah. Now, there's a difference between forgiving somebody and like losing trust there yeah yeah there's a difference there but you're in this scenario you're walking along somebody that is either looking to become a new believer or just got baptized on easter and and needs your help walking how many times do you forgive him you keep forgiving him but you keep working on that relationship and a huge part of working on that relationship, which Nick and I enjoy, is opening up the Bible mm-hmm. and saying, "Hey, let's go, let's go read through this." And like you, if you use the U version um, Bible on your phone, like there's daily devotionals, and you can research for a devotional about the exact struggle. Um, if it's anger, depression, alcohol, lust, if it's any of those. Um, there's typically a devotional that you yeah. could do with your friend that's going to take you to scripture and have some opinions and, and how to walk through that. Yeah, I know you do that. I got invited to one of your groups one time, and then I, because you read the devotion and then you all type in what you thought about it and yeah. you have conversation like that. I was invited once to that group and then I didn't, and then I got uninvited to that group. Because I wasn't an active part <laughs> participant. <laughs> you, you were active <laughs> once. once. <laughs> but it is a good way to continue having conversation with those close people because Aaron's going to say something and I'm going to be like, no, Aaron, that is that is not the way that I, maybe I'm reading that. Or no, Aaron, that's wrong. Or hey, good job, Aaron. I didn't think of that for myself yeah. the way you said it was a different perspective. I think a good passage to kind of wrap this concept and idea, not that we've got it, not that we have any answers. We're just working through this conversation of walking together, especially fresh, especially right after an Easter Sunday, you brought your friend to church and they've been convicted and they want to give their life to Christ. For me, an issue that I sometimes feel like pastors, let's just, say that on the Easter Sunday, we talk about sin, but we never talk about what it is. What is sin? If I don't know what sin is, how am I supposed to not know it? And that's to what you were saying. We need to walk together through scripture. But in Galatians chapter five, that's where the fruit of the spirit is right before the fruit of the spirit. It talks about, Hey, the things of the flesh are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry. And it goes through this huge list of things. These are of the flesh. These are sin. Well, what is the opposite? It's the fruits of the spirit. And we go into that. And then the last verse in Galatians 5, 25, it says, if we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Then into chapter six, it's like the, here's what you should do instead. 
and I and I love chapter six. Yeah, the the heading of mine, chapter six, doing good to all, like keyword on all there. But brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Mm. So right there, it's there's a lot of that, what we kind of talked about. And you are to approach them and restore them, yeah, but not harshly, it's gently. And then you're to help carry that burden. Like, don't let them sit there alone. Don't go and call them out and then walk away. Yeah. Because then they're convicted and they got all this weight. Like, where do, where do I go from here? Or what? A, how do I do it differently? Yeah. What? Like, I don't know anything different. I haven't experienced anything different. This is, I've, a lot of times, I think people hold on to things from their childhood and that's carried out throughout adulthood and they don't know any better mm-hmm. or there's generational sin. Like it's just been in their family and that's the way it's always been done. Mm-hmm. You, you come home from work and you have a six pack. That's how some people, that's just the, what it is. Yeah. So if you go to them and you're like, Hey, you need to quit having a six pack after work every day. That that's sinful. You're being a drunkard yeah. and you just walk away. He's like, I'm going to have a 12 pack (laughs) (laughs) because he doesn't know anything different, right? Like, okay, I'm not supposed to have a six pack. I'll have, I'll have four. He's still being a drunkard to a degree, right? Like you can't just leave him there hanging. You need to pick up your cross, but walk cautiously in that as well so that you're not tempted. Yeah. Drunkenness that's in that things of the flesh in chapter five, calling it out saying, Hey, the Holy Spirit's convicting that person. But then to just say, good luck. Yeah. I think there are different responses. Hey, I know you're struggling with this. I'm going to check in on you. I want to help be accountable for you. I'm going to walk in step with you. But at the same time, I need to, like it says, make sure that I keep myself on guard. If you have an issue with sexual sin and I'm checking up on you, I also need to guard myself so that I don't fall into that temptation either. Yeah. Or so that I shouldn't hang out to the bar, go into the bar with you to make sure you only have one drink instead of six. When I struggle with alcohol, we just need to go somewhere else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe the bar isn't the place to go. Maybe it's Applebee's in the family section instead. You know what I'm saying? So we need to guard ourselves. No, that's, that's really good. Hashtag. I like that. With, with that, what we're sharing, I think a gentle way to approach approach that is to ask a question like why do you drink a six-pack every day after work and they might answer your question with well it's stress it's anxiety it's my way of coping it's it's whatever and then you can come back to the bible maybe the next time you can do a little bit of studying on what what the bible says about anxiety and depression and and some scripture about it. And you can come back to that friend and be like, Hey man, you told me last week, the reason you, you come home and you drink a six pack or you drink until you pass out is this anxiety is this. Let's, let's go read what the Bible says about anxiety and what, what yep. we can do about it. Right. 
and and approach that sin in that manner. Um, the sexual sin is 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 a struggle for the majority of men, and I think a lot of times. If you get to the core of that, it's something that guy was exposed to at a very young age. And more than the sexual part of it, it's all become an addiction. Mm. And it's it builds. Um, we had Chris Russell from Destiny Rescue. Like, it doesn't start out with men seeking kids. Yeah. It starts out with Playboy or or whatever, and it builds on itself. So approach your friend with a question like that. Yeah. Instead of just addressing the the sin and saying what you're doing is sinful, ask them. Hey, just curious, man. I've I've been there. Why do you drink a six pack after after work every day? That's good. And the way you said that is it's gentleness. Yeah. It's that walking with someone gently. Not you've been drinking every night. You've been hitting the bar every night you need to change your ways or you're going to hell yeah it's that man what are, what's going on here let's let's do this together and i like that and i think wrapping this episode up you know the easter season's over now there's going to be those people in your life or there's going to be people in your life that don't didn't respond to the easter message but the the seed was planted they were there at church they were there when you shared the gospel maybe they didn't respond with a yes lord i believe but that seed is planted yeah. And that gentleness with that person going forward and that gentleness and pointing those issues out gently and not just saying, fix it. See ya. Don't come to church till you're fixed. Oh, it's that. Hey, let's work through this together. Yeah. I, I think that's the conversation. I, again, I don't think we have all the answers for sure. I definitely don't oh. think we answered a lot of it, but the question and the thought process and Hey, let's start studying this and working this out. Yeah. in our own lives and in the lives of the people around us. I think that's where we're, I think maybe that's the challenge this week is think through your life. Think of the people around you, whether new Christians or non-Christians or in your own life, the sin that you have walk gently with it, but don't just call it out. Walk with that person. No, I really like that. I think the other thing I would throw in there is uh, earlier we talked about sharing Christ. Like you got to have that in this in this talk too of what what you're talking about you gotta you gotta be willing to share christ with the people you're interacting with so have a great week two fish community we greatly appreciate you and share the episode with a friend thanks for tuning in this week if you enjoyed this episode hit those like and subscribe buttons also head over to twofishpodcast.com to join the rest of the Two Fish community and all of our social media platforms.